So if you just close your eyes and feel that power and that presence that is here with us, as us. Feel that power and that presence next to you, in front of you, behind you, loving you back. And I know that that power, that presence, that compassion, that love, that creativity is in each and every one of us at all times, under all circumstances. And as we allow that to be in us, as us, flowing through us, expressing as us, God is Reverend David, God is Marlisa, God is yourself. Know that that power, that presence is always there. Release any struggle that it takes to remember that. And just feel that joy, that loving back that is already there, is already being experienced. And with that feeling and that expression from you back, know that it is so. Know that that presence is always there. And in the acceptance of that, let us say, and so it is. So today we're going to talk about compassion. This whole month we're going to take a look at the quality of compassion and how to... um, allow ourselves to be in that space. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines uh, compassion as sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. And the word comes from a, a Latin word meaning bearing together, to bear together. And there's two aspects, if you've noticed that definition. Number one is sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. See, the first half, if we just do the first half, is just pity, right? I'm aware of your distress. I feel sorry for you. There, but for the grace of God, go I. Okay? But it's the desire to alleviate it that is the full expression of compassion. So I've always defined practitioners. I've always said what a practitioner is, is a person who will listen to your story with great compassion, Compassion is a letting go of separation. When we're in compassion, when we're in a state of compassion, we start to let go of the the distance between us. And it says that your suffering is my suffering too. Because we are one. There's only one of us. It's the opposite of a narcissistic, sociopathic outlook on life, which views everything as outside of me and judges everything and everyone. None of us here have ever done that. Well, I might have once or twice. Okay. But it's the opposite of that point of view. It's only through our concepts, only through our perceptions, as the song says, that we feel separate. It's only because we perceive separation that we experience separation, because the truth is there is no separation. We are all Yes. And at the core of this separation is fear. Fear is the core of the separation. When I'm afraid, I feel separate from you. I feel separate from myself. I feel separate from my good. I feel separate from my divine source. 
Well, I mean that fear. And we become preoccupied from that fear with protection. I want to protect myself. I want to protect my story. I want to protect my, my perception of life. I want to protect. Okay? Compassion takes a degree of awakening. Compassion can't happen until we start to awaken. Mark Nepo, in his book, 7,000 Ways to Listen, says, we are asked by merely waking, by merely becoming awake, we are called, we are asked to endure the hardships of living, and we are asked in the midst of that struggle and often through the opening that that struggle creates to endear ourselves into the fabric of life. To endear ourselves into the fabric of life. The Buddha said, the first of the Four Noble Truths is life is suffering or life is difficult. He didn't stop there, by the way. A lot of people say Buddhism is all about suffering because that was the first of the Four Noble Truths. He said, yeah, that's the first. Your life is suffering. It's our attachments that make it so, our thinking that makes it so, our perceptions that make it so. There is a way out, and the way out is the, fourfold, or the Eightfold Noble Path. Okay? So, so Buddha doesn't believe that life is suffering and that's where we're stuck. We just got to suffer, okay? But as we open up to this struggle, to this, the difficulty life is, have you noticed that life is difficult? A little, sometimes, yeah, once in a while, okay? First of all, that struggle helps us to open up, helps us to open up. And secondly, as we begin to endear ourselves into the fabric of life in that process, we begin to make sacred the human. We begin to perceive the human as the sacred. We begin to take down the walls not only between each other, but within ourselves, and also between the concept of the spiritual and material, between the human and divine. We stop putting a wall between those two, and we realize They are just simply different aspects of the same one thing, different experiences. And this, when we can take down these walls, when we can start to see both the human and the divine together, enables us to to complete the full definition of compassion, which is to support others or to help others get over the, the difficulty, to alleviate the suffering. Because compassion isn't just about sympathetic being sympathetic towards or feeling pity or sadness for, it's also a desire to alleviate that suffering, a desire to bear together. That's part of the compassion that we're talking about, which is the other half, by the way, of my definition of a practitioner. So I would say that a practitioner is one who listens to your story with great compassion, but doesn't believe a word of it. If we believe your story, if a practitioner believes your story, we climb into the pit with you. Okay? We buy into your story as a total reality instead of standing separate and saying, but it's not. And then both of us are stuck in the pit of pity, right? Ever been in a pity pit with somebody else? If you're stuck in quicksand... You want someone who's standing on firm, solid ground with a rope to help you get out. You don't want somebody to jump into the quicksand with you. Right? That's not going to help you. You know, Groucho Marx had that wonderful friend, uh, old saying that said, if you find yourself in jail, a good friend will be trying to bail you out. Your best friend will be there with you laughing and saying, what a great time we had. <clears throat> but I'm going to challenge that definition. 
Your better friend is the one trying to bail you out who is smart enough not to get there. If you've ever been in a 12-step program, you get the choice between hanging out with your good friend buddies who are your drinking buddies or hanging out with your sponsor who may not be quite as much fun. Yeah? Okay. But we'll, be, we'll pull you out of the quicksand. We'll pull you out of the quicksand. So what we want is a friend who will do that. As practitioners of truth, we recognize our potential as human beings is unlimited. It's literally beyond measure. Take a breath into that. You and I, all of us, everyone, no matter their circumstances, are unlimited in our capacity because we are the divine in form. And like the Buddha, we have the ability to alleviate suffering. The Buddha said, the thought manifests as the word. The word manifests as the deed. The deed develops into a habit, and the habit hardens the character. So it should become this habit. It goes on to say, so watch the thought and its ways with care, and let it spring from love, born out of concern for all beings. Let your thought come from love, not fear. When we're in fear and trying to protect, we're doing stuff that's going to land us in the universal jail, if you will. And we may have good company, but it's not really where we want to be. Ernest says there's nothing to be healed, only truth, capital T, truth, to be revealed. And that truth is our divinity. The truth is our wholeness. Each of us is already whole right now. Always has been, always will be. Everyone on the planet is already whole. Breathe. Everyone. Always has been, always will be, is right this second. That's the spiritual truth of us. Whether we remember it or forget it, besides me, has anybody ever forgotten that you're whole? Okay, yeah. So there might be, you know, a couple of you have. And so there might be other people on the planet who have also forgotten that they're whole and act out of that forgetting. And when we act out of that forgetting, we do stuff that, well, doesn't display our wholeness. Let's just put it that way. So this truth is this wholeness, this oneness, our oneness with and as divinity. You and I are one of that one source. We're not separate from it. It's not separate from us. We are one of it. And we get to see that humanity is the divine wearing a mask and playing. Humanity, you and I, our humans are the divine wearing a mask and playing. Have you ever gotten caught up in a game where you kind of get really absorbed in the game? Yeah? Or gotten, and gone and watched a movie where you're really... I remember when I was very young, my dad took me to see Battle of the Bulge movie. And it was in Technicolor. And we were sitting fairly close. And there was one scene where the tanks were coming over this hill. And it's just like, you know, I'm like, oh my God. You know, I forgot that I was sitting in a movie theater. I had tanks coming right at me. Okay? And sometimes that's how our life looks and feels, right? We forget that we're sitting in a movie theater having a good time together. And said we got tanks coming at us to kill us. Breathe. So when we set, when we forget that we're playing, wearing a mask and, and start playing this game and taking it very seriously, we set ourselves up to feel wounded, to experience separation, to experience something other than our wholeness. So I wanted to invite us to do 
a meditation to where we can start, a guided meditation where we can kind of start to embody this. Would you be good with that? We're going to do it anyways, whether you're good with it or not, So, because I don't have anything else to talk about. And I asked Max to, to put on a little bit of uh, background music for this. And so we want to see through our own masks, see if we can see our divinity more clearly, experience our divinity more clearly, and to see through the masks of others. And this is going to involve immer- engaging with the Buddhists call loving-kindness, that heart space energy, and what we in, in religious science tend to call seeing the divinity within, seeing the divine within ourselves and each other. So take a deep breath and get comfortable and relax. If you feel comfortable with it, close your eyes. Let them gently close. Be aware of the chair supporting you, the pew supporting you, and just relax. Take another deep breath. And with your next breath, guide it into your heart center, into that area where you experienced that loving kindness energy. And become aware of it and let it expand. With each breath, imagine that you're breathing into this beautiful heart energy, this beautiful loving kindness energy, and let it expand. Let yourself become grounded in an awareness that you are one with an infinite source of pure possibility. This is the ground on which you stand constantly, one of this one infinite source. Taking another deep breath, Become willing to let your inner wisdom self be in touch with that, be aware of that, your inner wisdom self. Show you areas within yourself which would benefit from your own compassion and love. In your house of consciousness, you might have to open some closets that you haven't opened in a long time. Maybe haven't even wanted to open for a long time. I invite you to, with and as that high wisdom self that knows the truth, grounded in knowing that you are one of the divine, and with that loving kindness heart energy, step into those closets. Finding that place within yourself where you feel not good enough, where you feel afraid, where you feel lonely, where you feel separate. Take a breath. Remember that these feelings are not the truth of you. You are grounded in the truth. Allow yourself to then feel deep compassion for these aspects of yourself, for these places where you do feel separate, where you do feel Lonely, where you do feel not good enough or wrong in some way. Be willing to face and to see them, not with judgment, 
not to cut them off, not to make them wrong, but just to see them and just sit with them as you would a friend. Just sit with them. There's no need to analyze them. There's no need to fix them. Just be from that wholeness, from that compassionate heart space. Breathe with them for a moment. Let this loving-kindness heart expand to wrap around them. Imagine, if you will, that you can weave a blanket of love from your own heart. And then wrap them with that blanket. Surround them with that blanket. And as you do, say to them, may you be happy and may you be at peace. May you be happy. May you be at peace. And you can say to that aspect, those aspects of yourself, I know this pain seems so real, and yet I see past it to the divine that you are. And as we remember that together, we are both free. I see your pain. I hold you in love in your pain. And I see through your pain to that greater self that you are. You have never been abandoned. You have never been betrayed. You were never not good enough or wrong. You were never separate. Taking a deep breath. If you want to, if you feel called to, you can stay with that self for a little longer. You can also now imagine doing that same thing with another person, perhaps someone who is challenging for you. Or perhaps even the whole world. And being willing in the space of groundedness in truth and in open-hearted loving kindness to see them, to face them. With no need to fight or judge or resist. To just be with their woundedness. None of us would really choose to hurt each other, excepting when we're in fear or in our own hurt. And so take a moment to just sit with them in their woundedness, even if you don't know what that is. Just be with them, with that open heart. And again, wrap them in a blanket of love woven out of your own heart, out of your own loving kindness. And as you're with them, 
Tell them, may you be happy and may you be at peace. May you be happy. May you be at peace. May we be happy and may we be at peace. Let them know that the divinity within you sees and knows the divinity within them, even if they've forgotten. The divinity within you, which is awake and alive, the loving-kindness energy, sees the divinity within them and lifts them. Take another deep breath. When you feel ready, step back into a place where you feel centered and groundness, grounded. Pay attention to your open heart, your heart of loving kindness. Pay attention to your groundedness in a truth of your own wholeness, of your own divinity. And as you're ready, take another deep breath. Allow yourself to become aware of the pew or the chair you're sitting in. Again, feel it supporting you. There's nothing you have to do. You don't have to work for that support. Just let yourself be supported. When you're ready, perhaps roll your shoulders, maybe take another deep breath, and allow yourself to be fully present back in this room. And if needed, there's Kleenex in the center aisles. I want to speak one more thing about compassion. Compassion is not about being a doormat. It's not about being a doormat. It isn't a foolish, wishful openness to, ah, whatever type of thing. We use wisdom and discernment in our practice of compassion. We're inspired to maintain healthy boundaries with each other. Healthy boundaries. We respect ourselves at the same time as we respect others. Because we're standing solidly on that groundedness of our wholeness, and we don't want to forget that and let go of it in the face of somebody who has forgotten that. In this teaching, we teach that all is love and all is law, and that we approach love through law. And the law that we talk about is the law of cause and effect. It's a law of consequences. It's a law of what you put out returns to you. When Jesus met a young man who basically said to him, I want to follow you, the first thing he said to the young man was, follow the laws. Honor your father and your mother. Do all this stuff. Follow the basic laws. And it wasn't until the young man said, I have been doing this all my life, 
that Jesus realized he had a person who had taken care of the law part of it, the consequence, the structure of it, and says he looked upon him with love. He gave him another step that the young man couldn't take, by the way, but he had qualified himself with this, this basis. And so when we, when we are com- with compassion, we qualify ourselves and each other. It doesn't mean we give everything away to somebody who's abusive. Okay? It doesn't mean that somebody who's exhibited a path of, uh, or a pattern of, of unhealthy, abusive behavior, we just sit there and go, oh, I'm just going to be compassionate to that person. That's not compassion. That's unhealthy because part of compassion is lifting them out of it, alleviating the suffering, and to allow them to continue to do the pattern that is creating the suffering in their own and others' lives is not compassionate, ultimately. And so we have a, a, a healthy boundary we make sure that we have. We can love them while we maintain those healthy boundaries, and we can establish consequences for inappropriate behavior, for, for unhealthy practices. So I just wanted to talk about that with, with compassion because sometimes it gets taken as this sort of sappy, you can do whatever you want and I'll just love you anyways. And it's not that. It's much deeper and it's much firmer, if you will. It takes the firmness of awakening to the perception of the suffering of others and the firmness of the commitment to help alleviate the suffering of others. Bearing together doesn't mean you're going to carry the whole load. Doesn't mean that. And so as you go forth this week, I'm going to invite you to do two practices. The first one is practice this loving-kindness meditation that we just did. Practice it toward yourself some more. Deepen with that. Love those, those aspects of yourself that are in the closets in your house. You know what I'm talking about. Your house of consciousness. Okay? We all have them. We all carry our lists of all the ways we're not good enough. Maybe we don't all. That's my perception. I don't know. Do you carry lists of how you're not good enough? Okay, good. We got some knots. Practice this meditation toward yourself. Practice this meditation towards others. If somebody cuts you off on the road, you know, and, and you get upset with them for the moment, just practice loving kindness meditation with them. May you be at peace. May you be happy. If you need to, wrap them in a, in a blanket of love woven from your heart. And feel your wholeness again. Not just as a concept that we talk about on a Sunday or that you read about in a book, but actually feel it. You know, we, we've, in, in our class we're doing this week, the last couple of weeks, we've been working on spiritual mind treatment. And I invite people to feel each step before they move on to the next one. It's not just, okay, I'm going to do these words and then I'm ready to go to the next. No, it's not until I feel God is all there is and then until I feel and I'm one of it and until I feel the truth of what it is I'm declaring into manifestation. Until I feel the gratitude, until I feel the trust and willingness to release this into the universe. And so feel your wholeness again. Take time to feel that. So that's your first practice, to practice this, this whole thing we just did. And then secondly, pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to your thoughts. It's, as the Buddha pointed out, it's so much easier to deal with it at the level of thought before it hardens into a character, right? Hardening into a character is, is you know, challenging to undo. I know. I've been a character that I've had to you know, chisel away at sometimes. I've made the joke that I'm kind of like the David that was in the marble, you know. Michelangelo had to chisel away everything that wasn't David, you know, and I'm still working on that myself. And we all have that. We all have these chunks around us. 
So watch your thoughts and let them spring from love and compassion. So it's just those two practices. Number one, practice this loving kindness meditation towards yourself and others. And number two, watch your thoughts. Pay attention to your thoughts and let them arise from love. Willing to play? Yeah. It'll shift your life, trust me. I want to close with a quote from, from Ernest Holmes, who says, Humanity and divinity will be identical when we recognize divinity in humanity. Humanity and divinity will be identical when we recognize the divinity within our humanity. Each of you is divine right now. Each of you is divine right now. If you want to see a divine being, go home, look in a mirror. Okay. We must learn to see through the apparent, to judge not according to appearances, to realize that at the center of every person's soul, God is enthroned. Isn't that a lovely image? What if you walked around seeing every single person with God on a throne in the center of their being? And by the way, that includes yours. The center of every person's soul, God is enthroned. Compassion and caring are the ties that bind us together in mutual understanding and in the unified attempt to uncover the divinity within each other. See, when we need compassion the most is when we've forgotten our divinity the most, right? This is the the part about alleviating the suffering, is we uncover the divinity within each other. Compassion is the most gentle of all human virtues, for it is the outpouring of the divine givingness through all. I invite you this week to be a willing participant, to have just that opening, to be willing to let that divine givingness, that divine love, to pour through you. To recognize that, as, as John said in his opening remarks, that when I give love, the universe has no choice but to send it back. We live in a universe of law. I don't have to make it come back to me. I don't have to sit there and say, well, if I'm going to love this person, they're going to love me right back. It may not be. I might love this person. They're not capable right now, but that love comes back from over here. But it comes back. And so to let ourselves play in that. So let's move into prayer. And Brent, can I get just a little quiet keyboard behind the prayer? So taking a breath with me. I remember that there is only one source, one power, one life. As the song said, whatever name we give it, there's only one. This one presence. And it is love. Its nature is love. If there's love anywhere in the universe, if it's anywhere seen, then there has to be love in this infinite presence. And there is love. God is not something that is loving. God is love itself. God is not something that gives life. God is life itself. And I am and each of us are one of that because if it's infinite, there's nowhere else to be. We can't possibly be outside of this one presence. And so we are already immersed in life. We are already immersed in love. This is our truth. We are already whole, perfect, and complete because we are already one of this infinite presence that is whole, perfect, and complete. And whether it looks like what we think it should look like, it is whole, perfect, and complete. 
And so I speak my word that we take down our walls, we cleanse our, our mirrors, our, our windows, so we can see more clearly. We open our hearts to feel and to love, let that love pass in both directions more clearly. We give and we receive love ever more fully. We say yes. We say yes to that love that is flowing already. We invite it in. We make it welcome. We share it. We take a look at the people in our lives or the aspects of our own lives that may seem the most difficult to love. And we invite this infinite divinity within us to help us to love that even more fully to allow that love to grow, to expand, to take seed, to take root, and to blossom, however long that might take. Each of us is still whole, perfect, and complete, whether we remember it or forget it, whether we know it or don't know it. Each of us is. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful just to know this truth about myself and each of us. I'm grateful for the truth that we can then know about other people in our lives. Our wholeness, our perfection, our life energy, our love, our divinity. And I let this show up as I release this word. I let it show up and be expressed and be made manifest in the most beautiful ways possible. We let it go into that process that we call the law that knows how to take it from an idea and move it into an experience and an expression. We let it be. And so it does. And then it is. And so it is. So today in the Kings Room, we talked about empathy and compassion and sympathy. And so sympathy is I feel for you. Empathy is I feel with you, and then compassion is acting on it. And then we did a visualization where we were in a train, and we were like we got up and we walked, and we found this person, and they were struggling with something. And so we sat down, and we gave them an affirmation. And then you keep walking, you sit down with someone else, and you give they're in there struggling and you give them an affirmation and then they ask you what you're struggling with and so you write an affirmation for yourself and so we wrote these on little cards and then we decorated them 